The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Can you imagine straight probation for a man accused three separate rapes of teen girls? Three separate rapes of teen girls separated in time and space. Straight probation? And then this guy actually violates (laughs) the terms of his probation. I'm talking about Bowen Turner, the golden boy accused of raping three teen girls. He was sentenced to straight probation, and he did not have to register as a sex offender if and only if he didn't violate probation but of course just one month later he is arrested for public disorderly conduct that's right bowen turner south carolina man sentenced to five years probation after being accused of raping three teen girls has his probation revoked i'm nancy grace This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Take a listen to Hour Cut 11, our friends at WCSC Live 5. Court records show 19-year-old Bowen Turner was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct this morning. According to a report from the Orangeburg County Sheriff's Office, when a deputy arrived on North Road in Orangeburg just before midnight, they found Turner walking in the middle of the road. The deputy put on the blue lights, and when Turner started walking toward the car, the report states he was staggering and smelled like alcohol. According to officials, Turner said at first he was coming from a bar, but then changed his answer to say he was coming from the woods. The report states Turner waived his Miranda rights and answered the questions the deputy asked, saying he had been at a bar on North Road near Lake Edisto Road, where he had consumed three alcoholic drinks despite being underage. Officials say while at the detention center, Turner was told he had to wear a mask, and he responded by saying, if you try and put that mask on me, I will bite your finger off. According to the report, Turner was told he was being recorded, and then he allowed a mask to be put on him. Okay, that right there tells me he knows darn well what he's doing when he realizes he's being recorded he suddenly straightens up and puts on the mask you know just think about it if this guy drunk as a skunk can do whatever he wants with immunity he's on straight probation on his third rape accusation i find his victims extremely credible now he can walk into a bar underage and drink three liquor drinks sometimes it leaves you speechless staggering around drunk that's bad enough 
but with three rape claims under your belt? Take a listen to our Cut One. The father of Dallas Dollar says in 2018, his daughter was the president of her senior class, smart and outgoing. A friend to almost everyone she met. That was just her. She had a huge heart. One night, Dallas came home from a party intoxicated, distraught, and covered in these bruises, saying she had been sexually assaulted. It was very um, upsetting, obviously, and very um, um, disheartening and uh, very... Uh, I like to use the word tragic once we found out who the alleged individual was. Dallas's family says they later pressed charges against her classmate, 16-year-old Bowen Turner. Public records show he was arrested and charged with first-degree criminal sexual conduct in Bamberg County in January of 2019. Turner was released on bond but was required to wear a GPS monitor. A few months later, a judge allowed him to remove it. But less than five months after that first arrest, while he's still out on bond, he's arrested again. Listen to cut two. But less than five months after that first arrest, while he was still out on bond, court documents show Turner was arrested again. He was slapped with that same charge, first degree criminal sexual conduct. An affidavit reveals the arrest also stems from a party, this time in Orangeburg County. The victim was not named because she was a minor at the time, but Chloe Best says she was the one sexually assaulted by Turner in June of 2019 when she was 16. I just remember being like so petrified, like I was frozen. I honestly just remember sitting there looking at the stars, just like praying for it to be done, just waiting for it to be over with. You're hearing Chloe Bess, one of Bowen Turner's many victims, uh, and she's joining us today. Along with Carl Stoller, this is another rape victim, Dallas Stoller's father. You heard his voice earlier describing his daughter as uh, having great grades, the class president. She was bullied so badly by other students and teachers when she leveled rape claims against Bowen Turner this little girl committed suicide. And there's a third victim that is a juvenile, a third rape victim whose name we are not releasing. They are joining us along with Sarah Ford, the legal director of South Carolina Victim Assistance Network, Karen Stark, New York psychologist, joining us out of Manhattan, Katie Kamen, breaking news anchor, investigative reporter on the case from the very beginning, and Topo Padilla, bail bondsman. Um, Longtime friend, 39 years in the business and president of Professional Bail Agents of the U.S. In the last hours, we learned that rapist Bowen Turner has been arrested after being caught stumbling through a South Carolina town, his hometown, a drunk while out on probation. Turner arrested in Orangeburg on a Sunday night after being found walking down the street, let me say stumbling down the street, at nearly midnight. He was booked on disorderly conduct, released Monday night after he dried out in jail, posting a $257 bond. At that time, Turner serving a five-year probated sentence after being accused of three rapes by three different girls dating all the way back to 2018. One of his victims could not come forward, Dallas Stoller, because she killed herself after being bullied 
by not only classmates, but teachers, too, when she went public with her rape, her family now campaigning for her case to be reopened, but off Dallas and on to Bowen Turner. After he's caught stumbling down the road at midnight, drunk as a skunk, actually in the middle of the street, reeking of alcohol, now the chickens have come home to roost. Take a listen to our friends at WCSC Live 5. 19-year-old Bowen Turner is staying behind bars. That's what an Orangeburg County judge ruled today after Turner violated his probation back in May. Turner is the man accused of sexually assaulting multiple teens in uh, county several years ago when he was a minor. Court documents show he also violated house arrest dozens of times while he was out on bond. He went to places like restaurants, golf courses, and even across state lines. Our Katie Kamen was in the courtroom today and brings us more on Turner's latest appearance in court. Not only will Bowen Turner have to remain behind bars, a judge ruled today that he'll have to register as a sex offender. Back in April, he pleaded guilty to assault and battery as part of a deal with prosecutors for one of those sexual assault cases. He was sentenced to five years probation and was not required to register as a sex offender if there were no violations. But a month after that ruling in May, Turner was charged with disorderly conduct, possession of alcohol by a minor, and threatening a public employee. Today in court, Turner's lawyer says Turner admits he violated probation and that he has an alcohol problem. He asked the judge to give Turner credit for time served and consider his age. The judge, however, says the conditions of Turner's probation were clear and he violated them. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. This is a day three families have been waiting for for many years to know Bowen Turner will be registered as a sex offender. This is what these families have been begging for for literally months, some of them years. But believe it or not, after the hearing, Bowen Turner's father, Walt Turner, actually states his son should not have to register as a sex offender. Quote, I think it's wrong because there's no evidence he committed a sex assault. That's the father. Talk about enabling. Of course, in court, Bowen Turner's camp claims he has an alcohol problem. Um, update. Voluntary use of drugs or alcohol is not, never has been, never will be a defense to a criminal offense. That doesn't matter. Again, this is what these families have been begging for for months, some of them years. A judge finally listened, revoking Bowen Gray Turner's probation, ordering him to register as a sex offender and sent him to jail on probation violation. He finally left the courtroom in an orange jumpsuit with shackles on his wrists and legs. Take a listen to our friends at WCSC Live 5. The victim's attorney says today was a step in the right direction, but there's more work to be done for victims across the state, especially after one of the victims died by suicide last year. Today, in that sense, it is a good day, but it's also a very sad day because these families 
Um, the Stollers have lost a daughter, um, a beautiful, beautiful young woman, um, and these young women have had to go through the system, uh, been brought back time after time after time. Feel a little sense of relief today um, in light of what's what take, took place here, and I think that takes a little weight off their shoulders. But I do also will echo what I said earlier. I do think that they they do feel some sadness. Turner was sentenced under the Youthful Offender Act, so he'll serve 10 to 14 months. The judge did not give Turner credit for time already served. Long time coming. Convicted rapist Bowen Turner, who gets straight probation, is finally headed to jail. How did this whole thing unfold? How did the whole thing start? Katie Cameron, what is going on? Where is this guy, Bowen Turner, stumbling around drunk? Uh, in Orangeburg, where one of these rape cases took place in that same county where uh, Bowen is from, where he went to school, where he, I guess, still is hanging out. Hanging out. I guess that's one way to put it. What I don't understand, Sarah Ford, is why a bar would let him, I mean, at first they said, we don't know if he came walking out of the woods or from a bar. Well, unless they're serving hard liquor out behind a pine tree, I guarantee you he came from a bar, which leads me to the bar. What bar was this serving an underage rapist? I think there's some allegations, Nancy, that it was a bar named Tad. Tad, T as in toy, A-D as in Delta? Yes. Mm-hmm. But there were some um, allegations that he spent upwards of $100 uh, in that establishment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. $100 at one sitting? That, that's my understanding. Okay, Carl Stoller, it ain't a crime unless you're underage. So... What bar is selling this underage rapist $100 worth of liquor? How many drinks is that buying? More than three. We can agree on that much. Carl Stoller? Yes, ma'am. I would say so. That's, uh, that's but probably, or unless it's three very large drinks. Um, so I, I don't know if it's, what, what do you call them, towers or whatever. So maybe it's something like that. But anyway, nevertheless. Uh, like um, Sarah Ford said, I think it's supposedly or allegedly a bar out on what we call the North Road in Orangeburg County, and it's known as Tad's Bar. Um, that's what is allegedly the establishment he was in and uh, and spent the $100 plus on, um, I'm assuming that I would have to assume based on the reason for his arrest on alcoholic beverages, ma'am. What do we know? Back to you, Katie Cameron joining me with Live 5 there in Charleston. Was it, did he spend $100 on booze just for himself? According to police, that report, just drink three alcoholic drinks at that business is all we know for sure. Do you know what business it is? Is it Tad's? It is Tad's, what was listed in the police report, yes. Mr. Stoller, uh, I know that Tad's is located on the North Road. What else can you tell me about it? How could they not know in a town the size of an area the size of Orangeburg County, much the size of where I grew up, how could you not know that this is accused serial rapist Bowen Turner and that he's underage? Yeah, well, yes, ma'am. I don't know how they would not know that. Um, obviously, that establishment, um, I've been there on an official capacity before a couple of different times, but um, it's got multiple TVs in there. So there certainly is access to media and news. 
in that establishment. So I would guess they would know or be familiar with that subject, Mr. Bowen Turner. And uh, obviously, based on all his press releases, all the information that's been released in the media on there, they should know that uh, he is not of age to purchase alcohol or, uh, legally in South Carolina. So, uh, I said that's that would be my. I don't know how you could miss that, but you know, hey, it could have been an off night for him. I don't know, but uh, um, I don't know if he presented a false identification or or any of that type situation, but uh, I couldn't speak to that for sure. But um, I would dare say, yes, ma'am, they should, they, I'm pretty sure they should have known that he, he was easily identifiable. Yes, ma'am. Straight out to Topo Padilla, Bell's bondsman, 39 years and president of the Professional Bail Agents of the U.S. Topo, thank you for being with us. What do you make of a guy that keeps getting bail or bond, as it is called in different jurisdictions, over and over and over, including on three felony rape charges on young girls, all similar MO, modus operandi, method of operation, and violating it so badly. He's got over 60 violations on his ankle monitor, going to play golf, out to restaurants, to other private residences, um, restaurants where there's alcohol like this place, even crossing the state line. I mean, how do you get away with that? Well, when a judge sets bond or it's set by schedule, the objective there is first and foremost public safety. And, you know, no amount of money can guarantee public safety, but there is amount of money in which it stings. You have skin in the game. And in our instance, we have co-signers and indemnitors on a bond. And you hope and pray that changes the um, the ways of these people that are arrested. That's our first objective. Secondly, and as importantly for the victims of crime, is that these people appear in court. You know, that is our basically our number one objective once bond is set. So to to ask why is this guy out again and again and again? I mean, granted, we are the one of the two countries in this world that have uh, surety bond. So we do afford people the ability to bail themselves out of jail. But the fact of the matter is when people like this are not learning, um, at some point the just justice system, the judge needs to step in and say, that's enough. And it sounds like this uh, gentleman did that. And I got a comment about the him going to this bar and doing that and $100 bill. The fact of the matter is what makes me sick is to think of he possibly could have been in there buying young ladies or ladies drinks in an effort to get them into a conditioning of incapacitation to uh, to continue his um, his wrongful activities. Topo Padilla, that is exactly where I was headed. Exactly. And I want to point out that Bowen Turner gets arrested for disorderly conduct. That's not the end of the world being staggering around drunk but when you're a three-time rapist and you're already on probation and you're underage but catch this he's booked on a dc and then he is released after posting a 257 dollar bond he's back in right now on a violation of his probation but he was initially released on $257 on a DC, disorderly conduct. Back to what Topo Padilla just told us. Uh, 
You can find him at gregpadillabailbonds.com. I want to go to a very special guest. Joining me in addition to Dallas Dollar's father, Carl. Chloe Bess is with me. She is one of Bowen Turner's rape victims. And you know what, Chloe, since you and I first talked, I thought about you a lot. But Chloe Bess, rape victims very often do not speak out. And I am so grateful for you, Chloe. And I'm so grateful for you, Mr. Stoller, speaking on Dallas's behalf. Chloe, when you first learned that Bowen Turner is out staggering around drunk, and I think he was drunk the night he raped you, what right. went through your mind? Um, I was really shocked. <laughs> um, I mean, I figured it was only going to be a matter of time before he messed up again or did something because he obviously can't learn from his mistakes or take any responsibility for his actions. So, like I said, it was only a matter of time. I just couldn't believe it was so soon. Um, but I'm glad that he was denied bond and it just validates the points that we're trying to make. Rapist Bowen Turner gets five years probation, but in the last days, his comeuppance. Turner violates probation, stumbling drunk down the middle of the road at midnight in his hometown. Cops nab him, and that is enough for a probation violation revocation. In other words, when you get a pass and you get probation, straight probation, you don't have to go to jail, and then you still screw up and violate the terms of probation, you're going to jail. I was more, I'm more worried about how it makes the rape victims feel to see him staggering around town drunk on probation. And with me right now is Chloe S., another rape victim of Bowen Turner's. Chloe, what happened that night? As best as you can tell us. Um, you know, I was, you know, just trying to have a normal night. Um, I was in high school, 16, you know. Um, I went out with my best friend at the time, and my, I have a twin brother, so he was with me. And we went to a party, and, you know, I wasn't thinking, thinking anything of it. Um, this is one of those things where, you know, you don't think it's going to happen until it happens to you. So it's not even a thought in my head that this was even a possibility of happening. Um, and so basically, long story short, um, I stepped outside at one point to make a phone call and um, he walked out and he ended up pulling me um, behind a truck on a tree line outside by the woods. And next thing I know, I'm on the ground and I'm very tiny. He was not. <laughs> um, so, and also just being so scared when you're aware of what's going on, I froze. Unfortunately, I wish that I didn't, um, but that was my reaction. Um, and so I remember feeling what he was doing, what was going on. And I mean, I was just frozen with fear. Um, on the inside, I was yelling, I was screaming. Um, I wanted to kick and scream, but it was just like my body, it, it wouldn't move. Um, so that's when you heard me say that at that point, I was just kind of waiting for it to be over with. So at that point, I could run away. Um, and 
that's what happened. And I ended up in the bathroom at this house and I was looking at myself in the mirror and I, I had twigs and leaves in my hair. My shirt was all astrew and it wasn't even like I was looking at myself. Um, it was a very weird moment for me. And then that's when I peeked out the door, saw him asleep on the couch and I booked it out the door, ran into the woods, hiding behind a bush. Um, I called someone to come get me. And at this point, he comes out and is now screaming my name, trying to find me because he realized I was gone. So now I'm even more scared because I don't want to think about what would happen if he found me or, you know. So thankfully, my friend was able to come get me within, I think it was like seven minutes. Um, and at that moment, um, I got in the car and I felt a little bit better. But I mean, I was just hysterical. So that's the short version. Chloe, <laughs> were you right? Yes, ma'am. Did you tell the police? Um, I did. Um, so I told them like a day after um, because unfortunately um, I was aware of Dallas's case and I saw um, the backlash she was getting and that really scared me to come forward. Um, I had just moved to this town like a year and a half prior. I was the new girl. I had you know, already dealt with some situations of bullying prior to this while being in the town. Um, and I just didn't want another reason for people to come at me. So it did take me about a day to kind of come to terms with things. Um, so June 2nd, this happened. I ended up coming out with it June 3rd and went how to the your, hospital. How did your parents react? Um, my parents were devastated, um, especially when they found out who it was. Um, my mom said, like, she had to have the name repeated to her, like, three times because she just couldn't believe it. Chloe Bass, one of uh, Bowen Turner's rape victims, said it best. She said, I didn't think it'd be long before he, quote, did something else. Because, as you know, when you don't know a horse... Look at his track record. Take a listen to our cut for WCSC. According to court documents, Turner's GPS monitor showed he visited dozens of different places, including 19 trips to golf courses, as well as outings to restaurants, sporting goods stores, and even a car dealership. Documents say the GPS monitor showed him taking trips to Columbia, Graniteville, and even crossing state lines to Brunswick, Georgia. Chloe, her family, and Dallas's family all say more should have been done as soon as it was discovered that Turner had violated bond. As court documents state, law enforcement has the authority to take him into custody if he violates his bond. We have multiple bond violations. Um, he was out on bond when this happened to Chloe. So it's just like he just keeps getting pass after pass after pass. Got a question for you, Mr. Stoller. We have been told that his family, Bowen Turner's family, has actually contacted parents of the rape victims, asking them to stop speaking publicly because it was, quote, dampening his bright future. Do you know anything about that? Um, yes, ma'am, I can speak to that. And, and I, let, me, let me clear that up a little bit. Um, they, there was someone, a person called my wife, an individual called my wife. It's been two or three weeks ago now, um, on a Wednesday night. And, uh, they were asking, they identified themselves as by the name of Adam. Um, 
and they called from a blocked number and that was the conversation that was that took place that where they said you know listen we understand that that and Bowen's sorry and he's he's uh, he's very sorry for what happened to Dallas and what he did to Dallas and that type of thing he was going with this individual went on and on about that and then of course my wife responded and that during that conversation that individual I Adam stated that um Bowen Turner has a very bright future and um, it would be brighter and it would be more likely to be successful if we were to lay off of him, so to speak, and uh, not bring so much attention to the case and that type of situation. So my wife responded by saying, well, you know, our daughter um, Dallas had a very bright future as well. Um, and uh, she, she'll never get a chance to realize that, that bright future that she certainly had the potential of having. And they really didn't respond to that they just went back into their same statement about he was sorry and but but we really needed to to lay off of him and then approximately two three days later i received on my phone a unblocked number from a jennifer turner who is um bowen's mother's name is jennifer turner that's what it came up on as on my telephone. I missed that first call completely. I had no, and then I saw where I missed a call from that number. And uh, then again, about an hour later, I was around 1030 on Saturday morning. Then about an hour later, it, my phone rang again and it showed up under Jennifer Turner. Um, and again, it, you know, this was, that's a fairly common, common name and it could be coincidental, but in light of all the circumstances, I don't think that's a coincidence, but we made contact. I did not take the call. We made contact with Sarah Ford, our attorney, and, and she asked us to block the numbers and, um, you know, make sure that we didn't, didn't have any contact. But yes, ma'am, that was, that was our family that was made some contact by a gentleman named or individual that named himself as Adam and then two attempts by a Jennifer Turner, um, name that showed up on my caller ID. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to get to the blasphemy of what you just said and reported. Uh, but first, Sarah Ford, legal thought. I would be very curious to find out. And this is in the case of Dallas Dollar, which apparently some people think is unprosecutable because she has passed away. That's BS right there. Okay, You can prove a case without the victim on the stand. And one way you can do it is through statements of the defendant. Okay, Statements like telling people, such as his parents, I'm sorry for what I did to Dallas. Okay, because you're just hearing Carl Stoller stating the first Adam, not my real name, that called Dallas's mother said he's sorry. He's sorry for what he did to Dallas. I think that phone call needs to be traced to find out who Adam is. And how does Adam know? The Bowen Turner's sorry for what he did, i.e. rape Dallas Star. That is an admission. And there is no parent-child privilege, like attorney-client or priest-parishioner privilege. There's no such thing like a husband and wife privilege. That doesn't exist between mother, father, and child. So if he exhibited, uh, which I doubt pretty seriously, but... Could this be one of his relatives that he has spoken to saying he's sorry for what he did to Dallas? Now quit talking about him. 
What about that? It's really wild. Um, you know, I think that, you know, just having, quite frankly, the nerve to, to reach out to the Stoller family who has, they've been through so much. They lost their daughter six months ago. Uh, and to make that call is just astounding to me. Stories with Nancy Grace. This has been a long time coming. Convicted rapist Bowen Turner, who gets straight probation, is finally headed to jail. Three separate rapes of teen girls. Three separate rapes of teen girls. And then this guy actually violates. The terms of his probation. Just one month later, he is arrested for public disorderly conduct. That's right. Bowen Turner has his probation revoked. What a disturbing story. Can you imagine what these families, what these young girls have lived through? Mr. Stoller. Yes, ma'am. Would you please tell the story? about Dallas, because me going on and on and on about Bowen Turner being drunk and disorderly, nobody cares. Right. They have to know why it's so significant. Yes, ma'am. I'd be happy to to speak about it. Um, my daughter, Dallas Stoller, went to a party in uh, Bamberg County, which is the next county of, over uh, south of um, Orangeburg County. She ended a party that night, and... Um, she was at the party, and at some point during the night, she went outside and went to, from what I remember and what I was told, that she went outside to attempt to use the bathroom in a wooded area. And she was, and I'll say this, say it this way, later identified her attacker, her rapist, as Bowen Turner. And uh, she was followed into the wood line with by this gentleman and he, this young man. I'm sorry, this so gentleman. He followed by this young man, and uh, and was um, raped in the woods by him. And of course, brought eventually got home to our house where we found out she had been assaulted and she had um, numerous wounds on her body, bruises, um, strangulation marks on her neck. Um, just a, a plethora of different injuries um, pretty much over her whole body. She was transported to our local hospital, regional medical center. And she was, um, at what point we were told uh, she, by her and what she told medical personnel that she had been raped by um, what turned out to be this subject, Mr. Bowen Turner, at that party. And uh, it became a, uh, that started a chain of events that, um, were obviously, as uh, most people know now, was life changing for for her and um, us as a family. And ultimately, three and a half years later, um, ended up in her deciding to. It was more than she could handle, and took her life. She was bullied, and she was made out to be a liar, and. So many uh, of these so-called important people that made that made that so, and, and their children and that type of thing. So 
that's where we are today, man. That's why this Bowen's re, uh, reoffending on another charge on what we call a misdemeanor here in South Carolina on this um, public disorderly conduct is is significant. But uh, I will say this, not surprising to me because he doesn't have any regard for the law, period. And all the, and honestly, all the law taught him that day in that hearing for Coley's case was that, hey, man, you, 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 if you know the right people, you got the money, you can get out of anything. And, um, and he basically did that. And so why does he have any, why in the world would he have any regard for the law? I mean, he doesn't care about that. And, you know, underage drinking, that doesn't matter. Um, that's the law. I don't, the law doesn't apply to me. Um, raping girls, that, why does that matter? The law doesn't apply to me. And guess what? Guess, guess who taught us? Guess who taught him that? Our court system. Our court system taught him that. And, uh, and so there's much to blame for all this as anybody and uh thankfully thankfully we have one judge that was willing to hear it out and say listen you're 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 not going to get back out um on this what turned out to be the probation violation point of it because you are you have clearly shown that you have no regard for conditions of bond means nothing to you um and hey you've been on probation just a month and you've already violated it but i, I sat in on that bond hearing and i heard him say he said well i, I don't understand I've, I've i've made all my court appearances well big deal you made all your court appearances but you did what the hell you wanted to do in the interim you know so that doesn't make any difference to you but again like i said uh I, I, that solicitor David Miller and Brad Hutto, all the combination of all that, Judge Markley Dennis, everybody, hey, they taught him. They taught him well, didn't they? They taught him that so you, you can do anything you want to do, and it's okay. It's okay. That's the way I see it. I know that Chloe's case went forward, and Bowen Turner got straight probation. I know that Dallas's case was dropped because Dallas passed away. I know that there is a juvenile victim case out there. What has become of the juvenile case? Do you know Sarah Ford? Yes. Actually, um, when I got involved with these cases, I asked the solicitor's office to reopen her case. asked uh, South Carolina Law Enforcement Division to reopen it. SLED did. Um, but we honestly have not ever gotten a, an answer. That's actually a good thing. That's a good thing, Sarah Ford, because that means there's still a rape case pending against Bowen Turner, if, in fact, they haven't resolved it behind the victim's back. Well, it's, it's my understanding that, you know, they, they did not want to have their conversations with them. You know, there were two pending cases. This would have been a, a third case that was opened, closed. We asked it to be reopened. And, you know, I was told, you know, we don't want to make it look like we're going after this kid. Um, which was obviously very pro- problematic, just that mentality. Um, so, you know, I think that while I would love to see Dallas's case reopened, I would love to see this first case um, get the appropriate attention that it deserves. Um, you know, I, I don't know that that's going to happen, but I'm hopeful. I really am. Take a listen to our friends at WCSC Live 5. The South Carolina Attorney General's office filed a motion back in May to dismiss an appeal made on behalf of one of Bowen Turner's alleged victims. But the state court of appeals just denied the AG's motion, 
which means that appeal can move forward. The victim's attorney, Sarah Ford, filed that appeal. She says a judge did not hear three motions from one of the victims before Turner's plea hearing, including one which would have allowed the victim to have her statement meaningfully considered and heard before Turner's guilty plea. Ford argued denying this motion violated the victim's constitutional rights. After Ford's appeal, the attorney general's office moved to dismiss it, saying victims don't have a right to appeal. The AG's office argued Turner has not tried to appeal, so the plea and the sentence are final. The AG wrote that the court should dismiss the appeal because there is no basis to entertain it. But yesterday, the state court of appeals denied the AG's motion, saying nothing is preventing both sides from arguing their points. Ford says she's grateful the state's motion was denied. So we will proceed uh, with our appeal. Um, so we're very pleased about that. We think that's certainly a step in the right direction um, in bringing victims' rights to the forefront um, of, of our criminal justice system. Victims are not an afterthought. Uh, they are central to this process. And if they're not central to this process, then we're doing it wrong. In response to the Court of Appeals order, the AG's office says, quote, while we can't comment on the merits of this case because it's still pending, what this order by the court boils down to is the court is asking both sides to fully brief the issues. That's all, end quote. Convicted rapist Bowen Gray Turner's finally headed to jail, ordering him to register as a sex offender. Finally, some degree of justice. But nothing will ever bring Dallas back. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.